a podcast from St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada, located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May only truth be spoken and only truth received. Amen. It is a wild story of an untamable God that we tell on this Pentecost day. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. On the day of Pentecost, the Jewish festival commemorating the giving of the law, which was marked 50 days after Passover, so 50 days after Easter. The disciples were together in the house where they'd been staying. In that posture of open expectation that Jesus had told them to take while they waited for what God was about to do next. And what God was about to do in their midst was something they could hardly have even begun to imagine. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. They felt this wind. They saw what seemed like fire swirling in the air all around them, and suddenly their own tongues were freed to speak in all manner of languages. Not, mind you, the ecstatic tongues that Paul calls the tongues of angels in 1 Corinthians 13. No, this was a rather more practical thing than that. Are not all these who are speaking Galileans, asked the people who heard them. And you can almost hear the sneering tone when they say, Galileans? Aren't these a bunch of small-town hicks from Plum Cooley, from Rosenort, from Altona? Fill in the favorite southern Manitoba town as you will, and you'll get the point. How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, on and on that list goes. How is it that in our languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power? Now, of course, some in the crowd around who heard this were rather more skeptical and accused them of being drunk. I love Peter's reply. He doesn't say, no, 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 we'd never touch wine. He says, no, 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 it's nine o'clock in the morning. How could we be drunk? Wind swirling and rushing inside of a building, fire dancing in the air. Small-town fishermen gifted with the ability to speak in languages they probably never heard in their lives. You don't see that happen every day, do you? Which can make it very easy for us to begin to think about the Holy Spirit as something that happened. Past tense, full stop. As Frank Crouch puts it, it's easy to hear the story as being about a burning breeze that swept through some distant place in a distant age, leaving perhaps only a trace of its passage among our own people in our own time. I feel the winds of God today. That's the opening line in a hymn by Jesse Adams that bears that name. Today my sail I lift. 
Not back then in the wildness of that first Pentecost day. Not just in the Wesleyan revivals of England in the 1700s or the great awakenings in the 18th and 19th centuries in America or on Azusa Street in Los Angeles in 1906 where there were these famous experiences of the coming of the Spirit. Today... Adam's hymn is set to an old Irish folk tune, Star of the County Down, which is more than fitting because its imagery of setting out on the sea is one that evokes the stories and the legends of the Celtic missionary saints of the 6th and 7th centuries who set sail trusting utterly that the winds of God would take them where they most needed to go. Most famous among those Celtic characters is Brendan the Navigator, St. Brendan, whose little boat, whose little coracle was said to be equipped with a mast and a sail, but no rudder by which to steer. Brendan was, according to legend, simply prepared to go where the wind, where the spirit would take him. Today, the winds of God in both Greek and Hebrew, the same word is used for wind, spirit, and breath. In Hebrew, it's ruach. In the Greek of the New Testament, pneuma. I feel the wind, the breath, the spirit of God around me and in me and through me, and I welcome its presence as that which moves challenges, presses. That's the force of Jesse Adams' hymn text. And so in the second verse, she writes, It is the wind of God that dries my vain regretful tears. We'll sing this yet tonight. It is the wind of God that dries my vain regretful tears until with braver thoughts shall rise the purer, brighter years. If cast on shores of selfish ease or pleasure I should be, oh, let me feel your freshening breeze, and I'll put back to sea. Spirit of God, press us beyond self-absorption and self-importance, what Adams calls vain, regretful tears. Push us past the illusions of what she calls the shores of selfish ease. And let your freshening breeze carry us back to sea. Something that's echoed in Bruce Coburn's 1973 song, All the Diamonds. In that song he sings, I ran aground in a harbor town. I lost the taste for being free. Thank God he sent some gull-chased ship to carry me to sea. Thank God I wasn't left complacent in the harbor. Thank God, Coburn sings, that he was reminded that all the diamonds in the world that mean anything to me are conjured up by wind and sunlight sparkling on the sea. That every day in the breath in the wind, in the stuff of life sense of the Spirit, is something not unlike how John's gospel presents Jesus' teaching around the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
In that gospel, Jesus speaks again and again to his disciples of the coming of the paraclete. It's a Greek word that's variously translated as advocate, comforter, consoler, guide. The followers of Jesus will be accompanied, in other words. That's the promise that we heard in the gospel read tonight. You will be accompanied. I need to go, but you won't be alone. Jesus will not be with them bodily, but they will not be orphaned. When the Spirit of truth comes, he says to them, he will guide you into all truth. Or, as Jesse Adams puts it in the closing verse of her great hymn, Great pilot of my onward way, you will not let me drift. Because she knows she can trust that truth, trust that she will not be let drift, she closes with the same words with which she begun her hymn, I feel the winds of God today, today my sail I lift way of understanding the Holy Spirit that makes every day a little Pentecost, that makes all of us in some very real sense Pentecostals. In spite of whatever religious tradition we might have come up in, we are all, if we're Christians, in that sense, Pentecostal people. The criteria are not, have you been slain in the Spirit, or do you speak in tongues, but rather, do we trust The winds of God are taking us where we need to go, even or especially if that means letting go of the safe and predictable shoreline. And this is a very crucial and. Do we have the courage to sit still enough to recognize when the breath of God that is always close to us is actually part of our own breath? But for all of that, for all of those pictures of the everydayness of the Spirit of God, God as our closest to us as our own breath, for all of that, we need to contend with the wildness of that which was experienced on that particular Pentecost day by those disciples. Because it was in that experience that they found themselves set free. Not just them either. For at the heart of the experience was a proclamation that something extraordinary was being brought about for all people, all flesh, as the text puts it. As Frank Crouch observes, if we are used to thinking of any group as a better or more divinely ordained voice for conveying the plans and purposes of God— God's Spirit tells us otherwise. If we're used to thinking that any group is better than any other group as the divinely ordained voice, be it a priest or a particular movement or a particular way of understanding, God's Spirit tells us otherwise. All flesh, boys and girls, young and old, free and slave, whether men or women, All flesh are graced with the Spirit's direct connection to the prophecies, visions, and dreams of God. This was institutionally unsettling back then, Crouch notes, and that he adds with a 
hint of wry humor, and it is institutionally resisted today. For in this story of Pentecost, God shows no regard for our structures, hierarchies, or status quo, but rather the Spirit of God places a claim on all. Galileans, Galileans of all people, are graced with a kind of wisdom and authority that frees them to stand and to speak. No, to proclaim in the public square the new thing, the new creation that God has begun through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and is continuing now by breathing into them the very breath of God. Galileans and us, us of all people, As Jesus has told us, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Graced by the breath of God, we are freed to dare to dream as God dreams, to inhabit this creation as if it were already the fulfilled new creation, and when we feel the winds of God beginning to stir in this day, we are freed again to hoist the sail and set out on the seas. That's the Pentecost challenge and the Pentecost good news. The winds of God continue to blow. Get ready. See where it takes you and trust it. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. to a podcast from St. Benedict's Table. For more information on the church or to offer your support for our ministries, visit us online at stbenedictstable.ca.